You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Hi, humans. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. So, uh, something happened today. <laughs> oh, something you, happened. You're, you're probably like, something wow, like this, this, there's nothing to learn. But, but didn't we For just sure. get an episode? So, what's, what's, what's going this, on? What's this recording? Is it's this a snack episode. Is it a snack? Is maybe more like a snack bite. That's right, snack bite. Yeah, no, yeah, little niblet. Because um, a little misandry niblet. Yeah, um, there was a quite an uptick on the uh, the inbox. Um, there were some ats and some mentions on the inbox. First of all, all you bitches, y'all bitches know who you are. In my mentions, (laughs) add me the fuck up, Candace. Have they seen it? And let me just say, yes, we are. We are back. Early, prematurely, sooner than we thought we would be because Killing Eve is back on a bullshit. Right. And naturally, they finally released a trailer after we recorded our opus on where the fuck the trailer was. Where is it that sent us into the multiverse of musings? And coincidentally, they literally began counting down to the trailer like right after we finished our session of recording. So we figured, watch, by the time we put this shit out, mm-hmm. watch a trailer exist in like the next day or two. And that's, yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly what's mm-hmm. happened. Now, I just want to say I didn't watch it right away, you know, because life was happening in distractions. And I was also waiting for Mr. Palastri to view it together. But by the time I hit this motherfucker up, y'all, he said he watched it and had a Google document already about the trailer. <laughs> he had already written a dissertation a thesis and a follow-up to what was happening in the trailer. And so I said, shh, be quiet. Come to the studio and we'll watch. And we did that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some of y'all somewhere, maybe on the Patreon, will hear some of what that was. <laughs> that first viewing, I'm not going to lie, it took me out. And I'm, I'm sure you guys could imagine one line in particular mm-hmm. that would send me to the ground, that mm-hmm. sent me to the lowest I've been since... He was on her knees for Nico. And I have to tell y'all, it wasn't fun. And some of that's on recording where you're like, oh, look for this. And I'm like, I can't look for it because all I can hear is Eve asking a man about sex. And so I don't want to, let's not jump into it early. Let's not jump into it early. I just wanted to let the people know that you had like five hours to get right with what was happening in the trailer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. you was looking at me like, Candace, look at the bigger picture. Look at the silver lining. And I couldn't find that silver lining until about three hours after the fact. So... I'm here for this snack bite. I have more balance, more of an equilibrium when it comes to talking about this trailer. <laughs> but I did not have that. I did not have that upon the first viewing. Good sir. No, I understand. Because there's a lot to... um, <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, there was a lot of flavors. And there was no way to really understand why those choices were made. Right, and why so, were the choices made right, that so were made? It didn't really... It didn't taste like the show that that we were following so it, it was tasted like, like buckley's i don't know how many people have ever had a parent or a guardian someone some adult in life when you were without abilities to make decisions for yourself and adults were just forced to do shit buckley's is a cough medicine uh-huh. and if you've ever seen their advertisements it's like just someone making a horrible face and they're like uh-huh. yo buckley's you know what it is and that's what i remember being a kid just around new york city seeing that horrible poster and then the first time i had it and my mom was like it's an acquired taste it's not that bad and she lied 
She lied to me because it is one of the worst tastes. And that's sure that's what this was. I'm not going to hold you. It was an absinthe where the first time you taste it, you're like, well, what the, what the fuck? But then other things are happening. You're like, okay, well, I'm enjoying this. Like, this was Buckley's. This was Buckley's. Because by the time we got to other parts in the trailer where there was villainy of goodness happening, I couldn't see right. it. it. I couldn't hear still, it. Right? The Kill right. Bill sirens, as I described them to you, they were going off. I was seeing red. I was wishing I had my more tie back. I said, where's a sparring partner? Candace has kinetic energy she must release right now. I almost hit Terrence with my Starbucks coffee cup about mm-hmm, seven mm-hmm, times, mm-hmm. but I had to resist the urge to throw it because I was like, don't throw it, Candace. There's expensive stuff. But that was the vibe. That was the energy. Terrence can confirm. Yes. I was distraught. Perhaps even at my wit's end. I don't know. I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared for them to do me like that in the trailer. My roommates were sick entire right of me yes tell the people your initial reaction yeah um, um so there was a lot of shouting and yelling and i was like wait but i have to say a thing so i put my you know rose colored tweets out to just be like <laughs> not you with rose colored tweets i, I mean, just had a tweet with my extended ellipsis i finally watched it I I mean, shout out to y'all in the comments whew. like candace um Gonna get a little taste, a little reaction. This is what I'm doing. I'm doing it for y'all. I almost stormed out. But thanks to Terrence and you guys asking about stuff, I found a way to persevere through my petty, my misandry, and my bullshit to continue to re-watch that trailer until something settled in that was not Eve hopping on another knob. You know, I just needed, I needed for something else to just land on me that wasn't the head propaganda. All right. I needed time to appreciate the other stuff that they were giving us in the trailer that were indicating other things. But it's like y'all decided to put that sex line right at the beginning. So they knew what they were doing. They knew they was fucking people up from the jump. Yep. From the jump off. <gasps> Did your roommates consider calling the police? Like what kind of display were you putting on in your apartment? Well, everyone works from home. So you could imagine everyone's on either Microsoft Teams or Zoom. And then all of a sudden you hear. Not Microsoft Teams. Boisterous boisterous yells so <laughs> boss is like who's that right exactly oh so. it's my roommate <laughs> right new killing eve trailer just came out he's got a podcast it's a long story <laughs> he's having a moment and the moment was was definitely had i've not gone to the twitterverse outside of our listeners who commented to my personal twitter but what have you because you were out there you've been out there in fact you've been in the fray what's the temperature well mostly i can only tell you about the countdown leading up to the trailer oh yeah Inform us. I was not involved. Well, yeah, I... just a bunch of people who felt like noon was the right time for this trailer to drop because it is it that when it paced dropped? when yeah okay. it paced when the three days and two days like right. it was those announcements were happening at noon and so you know there were some tweets at Derek just to make sure that you know these things aren't going to be nonsense and we weren't going to be like you know trifled with and things of that nature and then it um <laughs> then the trailer dropped Good in. Lord. You know, everything went sort of chaotic. Everybody it's like that gif from went, Community where it's just Donald Glover walks in with the pizza oh, oh, yeah, and everything's the on, on fire. fire. Mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, And I picture whoever's behind that Killing Eve account, like the little girl with the smile, that sinister misandry smile while oh, the house right. is burning. While the That's house them. Is burning. Mm. That's them. You yeah. know when the frying pan has the oils ready to go? And you put something in that oil and, and the shit's going to start popping. It's yeah, going to yeah. attack you. That's Killing Eve. They knew the Killing Eve fandom was that frying pan of oil. It had been on the stove for two fucking years. And they took the spiciest piece of meat, complete with its rotting parts, because that's what I'm going to refer to, Mr. Alpha Man. And they just threw it in a pot and ran away. Yep. They threw it in a pot and said goodbye. At that point, goodbye. I'm sure that the timeline had reactions 
to the trailer. Maybe some gift sets were made. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, you know the right, gifts were right, made. Right, right, You know the gifts were made. At because that point, there were scenes where Eve and Villanelle were together. We'll get into that. But there were, there, were there are who, gifts to be made. There's oh, reasons yeah. to make gifts. If I see anyone make a gift of Eve and the Alpha, I will probably block you. So don't <laughs> fucking be surprised. If you try to click onto my personal Twitter, oh, Wawa Villanelle, you say they blocking people. I have never considered blocking anyone on the Wawa Villanelle account, but I'm saying it now. If I see you with a gift on a timeline and it has Eve Palastri and that Alpha motherfucker, and I keep saying Alpha because that's what they said. That's what that's they told what Deadline. They that's what they that's put what in the Dead press Lies release. Yeah. So using their words, I'm blocking you. So don't ask, don't DM, don't say, why has this happened to me? Look back in your tweets, find that motherfucker, and then there you'll have the answer. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's rational. I'm not saying it's right or ethical. I'm just letting you know what I'm going to do. All right? Thank you. For those who had the luxury of not being alone upon the viewing of the trailer, congrats. Because, um... <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you were alone, but you had no yeah. self-restraint, which I understand. I was, like, distracted. So it's easier to have self-restraint when you're fucking distracted. But I, I did have to have a hearty laugh when you were like, the Google Doc! And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> but then I knew also, like, fuckery is afoot. Why does Terrence have a Google Doc? It's, it's Like, why didn't he just lead this message with the number of emojis indicating the smash? Instead, he's talking about a Google Doc. Terrence doesn't type in Google Docs unless he has things to say. And a lot of times there's not positive things. They're let me let me try to work this out. Let me try to figure out what this negativity is. And so that's what led to my trepidation going into the trailer. And then what happened? Like 10, 20 seconds in. Ooh. 10, 20 seconds in, they hit me with that shit. But anyway, I, I said to y'all I'm in a better place. And I do mean that. <laughs> so we're just talking about this trailer, right? That's what we're doing. So that is the revelation. That is the muse. <laughs> they yeah. are together. Reviews. Oh, wait, is that? Review, Muse, Reva, Rev, Reviews. Reviews. I was trying to merge Revelations and Muses. Oh, and uh, I came up with Reviews, but that, of course, is a word. But I'm like, does it actually, hmm. it wouldn't spell like Reviews, but it right. would sound like It would reviews. sound like Reviews, but it wouldn't spell like it. Right. It would be like so a I homophobe. did do that, right? Reviews. Homophobe. Yeah. Well, so I guess we're moving into our singular segment of today for this snack episode. Reviews. Enjoy. <laughs> it's a revelation. Right. Well, we're here. We uh, that was a short trip. We we made it. We don't have a um. We could just put in disco music real quick. Oh, That'll so, be what it is. Right, y'all, y'all don't mind. But we back. We're here right. to talk about it. We're here to break down this fucking trailer. Okay, so what we're gonna be doing this episode is breaking down this motherfucking trailer frame by frame by frame. Right. Reviewing, musing, revealing all at the same time what we discover in this very first trailer for series four a hodgepodge of a segment if you will <laughs> yeah <laughs> there will be no direction it is like whenever they have a compass in a sci-fi film and some weird shit is going on you look at the compass and it's just whoa, 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 whoa. there's no direction that's that's this yep. reviews that's, yeah yeah that's what you can expect mm -hmm. please look for no order a minuscule amount of sanity perhaps we can't be sure. And it's very possible this may be one of the most meticulous reviews we've done because going frame by frame, I don't think we've ever done that before. We've never done that. And we have spent hours talking about content, but have we ever gone and paused frame by frame by frame to then ask, what is this frame offering us? What could this frame possibly mean? No, I don't think so. This might be, yeah, one of our first deeper... The last? The no. <laughs> uh, well, potentially. 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 Right. It depends on... What they got these editors doing. Right, because they could release another trailer 
of some kind. And undoubtedly, they will. At some point in time during the season, revealing other things we haven't seen that will absolutely put us into distress like so many other times before. Emerald, honestly. Like, it wasn't even Phoebe that was the dark horse of pain and unexpected drama. It was Emerald fucking Fennel. Because she knew how to slap a bitch, right? Like, in the same Actually, episode, yes. she gave us You Should Try This With Your Wife. She gave us Villanelle in those fits. And she gave us that head propaganda that broke us down oh. and sent us into peril for a week. At the same time, she was giving us things like, she's behind that door. She was also giving us things with Nico Palastri. At the same time, we were watching Villanelle sing in the car. Remember that? After mm. she got her O, she was singing mm. in the car. But then we also got stuff with Hugo. And so I really, I guess I'm saying all this to shout out Emerald's legendary status once again, because I don't know if a fucking showrunner has fucked with us more. And I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge, but it was a little bit more straightforward with Phoebe Waller-Bridge in a certain sense. Impeccable writing, but Emerald, it's like being bitch slapped, frankly. Yeah. Like being in Fight Club with a bunch of quiz and you don't know what's going <laughs> to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. That, for some reason, called to mind. Remember when uh, the music video where Beyonce and Gaga, when Gaga got arrested? Oh. She was in there with all the gays. <laughs> Telephone. She, right. She had the cigarettes, I yeah. think, in her hair. And First of all, send me to that jail. Okay. okay. I'd like to go to that jail. I'm okay. Not gonna Take me to the hole. No. <laughs> <laughs> Puns, all the puns intended. But you already know I think I would I would do well in jail. Because all the things I've seen say that I would do well in jail. Like, I have some size to me. And I can fight. And I'm useful. I can build things. I can make concoctions. I got my chemistry down. I got some fucking botany skills. I really feel like I can oh. make up a real delicacy between the ramen and the Skittles. <laughs> and the Oreo cookies. I don't know. But I would put some shit together. And so after I watched 60 Days In and I told you, I saw what happened with the one queer they put up in there and i said not her running the whole shit (laughs) but it's actually what you should expect and so you know not saying i want to go to jail but i have openly said i would go to jail for a number of women if they needed me to stand in the gap duel at dawn whatever's required to defend honor i would do that shit you know what that's probably something as a side note we should talk about eventually somewhere is that 60 days and and all (laughs) all the gay mess you know All what? the gay mess. Yeah, that, that could live a misandry or a patron. Either or. Either or. But one day. One day we'll do it. So yes, we will be breaking down this bloody trailer and um, overanalyzing every single fucking thing. Yeah. Don't hold us to a single prediction, but also hold us to every last prediction. And you might say, Candace, Candace, you just contradicted yourself. It makes no sense. That is the theme of this recording. <laughs> I am absolutely certain that I will contradict myself repeatedly as I try to cope and understand what Lauda will be giving to us, blessing us with in this year of our Lilith 2022, year of Sappho. Actually, every year is the year of Sappho, but. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, since 1 BC, it's been the year of Sappho, literally all of creation. So thoughts and prayers for us, right? What'd you say? Yes, thoughts and prayers for us and for everyone who, who, who. Who's going to try to make some, some sense. Out of what we're trying to do. Right. Right. So I guess without uh, much ado, or with a lot of ado. A lot of ado. Here we go. And I don't know why I said that like the Joker, but I definitely did. I definitely, something about Heath Ledger's Joker came out. Because doesn't he do that? Oh, yeah, he yeah. does. Wait. He does. He go does. Right. <laughs> That's me orchestrating the clowns. The clowns of the Killing Eve fandom. Assemble! <laughs> <laughs> clowns assemble! And you just made me think of Rose McGowan, too. We're here! <laughs> 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 Killing Eve! <laughs> 
Come make them contour. Oh, We're not going anywhere. As my fist is in the air. Right. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. Whoever did that edit, that service. Blessings. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. For, so much. For your so uh, much. diligence. All right. So let us start with the fucking song. That's right. in this trailer. Good, sir? Yes. So the song is performed by the Righteous Brothers. It is called Unchained Melody, which is interesting because if you think about and we, we don't really need to do this, but if you think about the artwork, especially for series three, where they were, <laughs> where they had the red thread of fate, where they were just so oh, we're back, to the, we're back to the red thread of fate. But we? now we're playing a song called Unchained Melodies. So are we saying that we're breaking this chain of wow. fate? We just Is that got what we're into doing? February. We just got into February and you're already on your pilastra shit. I Is just, that right? I, I, the, the trailer left me with no choice. Like, <laughs> I, I have no choice. Oh, my God. And so th- this oh, my is, God. It doesn't fine, really go fine. great Absent for people who tempt fate. your fucking thesis and the dissertation you were clearly right about why they were using this song, we also have to note the pop culture resonance that it has with a movie that was oh, very yes. popular once upon a time. 80s, right? That was 80s. Yes. yes. With Demi Moore and the late Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Ghost. Which I don't know how many of our listeners of the various age groups that we know listen and watch Killing Eve have seen Ghost. Whether you're old enough to have seen that shit because your mama was watching it and crying because that was my first vision of Ghost was my mom watching Ghost and getting all caught up in a pottery scene with the shits Mm -hmm. and really just feeling that het romance via proxy. And I was like, wow, okay. But it is a moment in time. Yes. And coincidentally enough, Ghost had its own queer vibes if you want to be honest about it because if your dead lover is in the body of a woman and then <laughs> actually you get lost in the vapors because it's still your lover just in a different body and if it's about who that person is and not what body they're in then it's easy to get lost in the vapors like Demi did with yes, Whoopi Goldberg Demi with Whoopi Goldberg and it wasn't yes. until that bitchy ghost was like where's my money or actually he wasn't a ghost yet he was about to be but if it wasn't right. for that bitchy motherfucker that was doing crimes and being an asshole they would interrupted no right. they would they yes. would have gone all they the sure would have because Demi was like, I'm trying to fill what I used to fill. And I know that the ability to grant the O mm-hmm. probably increases. It's all in me. If you've gone to the next place and in this reality, in this Judeo-Christian reality, Swayze was headed for heaven. He was mm-hmm. a good guy. Mm-hmm. So that means he was bestowed the extra. I was about to say extraterrestrial, but that's not right. That's rude. The extra. <laughs> what's the word people use for the church religion? Well, I'll just say blessing. But yeah. Ephemeral. Um, holy. A holy O. You know what? Now, that what kind made, of O was that? That would have made for a better ending because what if after he went to heaven, Demi would have conceived? Wait. So, right. Wait, right. Right. Wait, with right, Whoopi? Right. We're in sci-fi. Right. This is an alternative so, to Gattaca. Sure. What so, are you talking right. about? So let's say let's let's say sci-fi, but somehow with, with Swayze in there. Whatever. And, and So somehow with the sci-fi, even though she was with Whoopi. Uh-huh. Whoopi left right. her with baby. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That is actually genetically connected to Swayze. Right. But will still be a motley crew of Whoopi, Swayze, right. and Demi. Right. right. You know what? I've just come to accept and love your ridiculous musings whenever they pop up. And I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. But so this song, for a number of people, would evoke a very specific sentiment, a very specific concept of romance. I would also say ride or die. Because the whole thing about Ghost is that our love carries beyond dimension. It carries Mm -hmm. after death. And so that's something. And I don't, you can't tell me that's just not deliberate from the motherfuckers behind Killing Eve. They know what this song is. They know who is going to recognize it and why. And even if you don't recognize it, All you have to do is listen to the lyrics when they come up or Google it. Whoa, my love, my darling, I've hungered 
for your, your touch. touch. <laughs> a long, lonely time. Yes. All right? Yes. And yes. time goes by. So slow. So fucking slowly. Mm-hmm. And time can do so much. This is starting to sound like an Alistair letter. Are you still mine? No. It's literally, it's literally an Alistair letter. Are you still yes. mine? And he's yes. mine. His vibrato. His vibrato. And then what's after that? I, I need, need your love. Your love. Mm-hmm. And then let me just repeat it. I, I need, need your love. love. God speed your love to me. me. So. God, look at the waves. I, I really <laughs> hope that your ears are okay as you're listening to this episode. I have not even been paying attention to what my waveforms are doing because I'm not. Like I said, I was more calm, but has the hinge totally gone back onto the door? No. No, it's not. I'm still just like in the wind, like a tornado. Like, you know, fucking Twister has come through. Oh. And Candace is one of the debris. Oh, no. Remember the movie with Hella Hunt? Yes. I'm a the, cow. The cow. I'm Move. a cow. Oh, no. Bitch, I'm a cow. And I'm, <laughs> I'm being thrown from town to town. Move. And depending on the gust of wind, I'm feeling real good. But then another gust comes through and I'm, I remember I'm, the man. Right, and then bad. I get real upset. Right, I'm down bad. bad. Anyways. Okay, so the trailer features this wonderful vintage song that is remixed the fuck up by the Righteous Brothers. And the very first scene is awesome trees, actually. And they're doing a spinning shot straight up into the sky. And those kind of shots generally give the idea that perhaps someone is feeling dizzy or having some kind of a panic attack or some sort of, you know, unsettled equilibrium moment. And we hear a voiceover that sounds like Martin and is later confirmed to be Martin. And he says, what's bothering you, Villanelle? And we cut to Villanelle after that, presumably on the forest floor. And so maybe that shot spinning is her perspective, which I think potentially indicates something's going on with her because she appears to be breathing heavy and she's wearing an outfit that we will see a few more times in the trailer, which is good for my later muse about where I can take the positive from this trailer and how many episodes I might have to deal with that dude with. But we see Villanelle. She's in blue shirt, blue jeans, pattern jacket, and has a gold cross, which I did not fail to notice. I oh, saw right. it there. It I noted there. it. Mm-hmm. And I was curious. It's like, okay, is Villanelle like on a retreat? Is she with a Christian youth group? Like, what's going on? Why is she wearing that that cross? Or maybe she stole it from somebody. TBD. TBD. I'm going to hope it's a dream sequence personally. But I'll <laughs> leave that alone. Right. There's, there's nothing to justify Sir, it. But there's just, nothing. Look, this whole preview was a dream. So... The question is, what's bothering you, Villanelle, as she lays with her back on the grass? Right. The overhead shot is doing a circling. It's doing a spin. So almost like, yeah, I don't know if it's vertical going on or she was spinning and then stopped and went to the ground. And it's like the after spin that you're going through. It's one of those. She was either physically spinning or they're trying to give us like her mental spinning. Right. It's a narcotic spin. And then we see her in the very next scene laying on a couch in what looks to be Martin's office. I'm pretty sure we've never seen Martin's office, but we've seen it now. There's a lot of books in there. He seems like he likes to read. And she's in a navy blue suit, so she back on that shit. She back on that fashion shit. But it's interesting because she looks unkempt for Villanelle. Like, usually when she's rocking a suit, the shit is tight. Yes. Her fucking locks have been brushed. She definitely has some perfume on. And at this point, with how haphazard she looks, I'm questioning the perfume. And isn't that a a down place for me as a Villanelle fan? But it would be indicative of where she is as a person. Because if if we're to assume that she's putting less effort overall into her clothes, which seems to be the case for a number of outfits in the trailer, but certainly for the suit, like it's just not, it's not put together 
like the suit she went to kill Bill in. Like, it's no, no, not. I got you. I got it's you. not together. Like when she stole Eve's scarf and she was like, I'm going to wear this to go kill your bestie. So it's just, it's giving another version of Villanelle. Like Villanelle is still her jaunty fucking self, queer as hell, but not on the kind of jaunt that allows for a combed lock, a pressed shirt. Like she just pulled the shit out the closet. I it's, mean, I, you know, it's you, not. I, I, I get what you mean. And it's it, not the it, flyest suit, is what I'm saying. And it doesn't help that she's not upright. So even if it's just the way she's laying, that no, some of those creases could have came right. out. Right? No, it's so, just right. it's a bit it's, haphazard. Like right. it's still her. It's her personality. But it's like when you're a freshman in college and you're running late for class and you just pull whatever mm. the fuck is first mm. out your drawer. You put that shit on. Maybe it's your slippers. Maybe it's your shoes. You don't know. Because you have to get to class. That's what I was getting with Bill and Nell. Like, you had to get to a kill, girl. But you put the least amount of effort. Like, you're still looking good. But also, you look like you don't really care. Which is atypical for Villanelle and her fashions. We know that she gets her kicks from her couture. Right. And so if she's still wearing couture, but she can't iron the shit, she can't press the shit, she can't leave it at the cleaners to be like, make sure my first <laughs> explains why she's at Martin's on the couch saying she doesn't like the way she feels, which oh. is what comes out of her mouth when we finally see her on this couch. What if this is her doing her, I'm going through the motions and well, I don't want to be there? We should potentially muse about that later right, as we get right, through right. because there's there's a lot of things that could potentially indicate going through emotion, but it's so nondescript in some of these scenes. After we see Villanelle laying on the couch, she reveals that she killed two people last night after trying really hard not to. And so I'm like, Villanelle, are these free kills? It sounds like these are free kills. It sounds like it's kills that you're not getting paid for, that you potentially engaged in because you're you. Somebody said something, somebody did something, and you decided they no longer belong on the earth, and you were trying to turn over a new leaf, a godly leaf, perhaps, and you did not turn that leaf, or you turned it, yep. and then you said, flip it back over. <laughs> that too. That's also Flip it over. Day. But she says that. She doesn't like the way she feels. And then... Yeah, once Martin understands the <laughs> severity of what she's thinking about, he's like, well, um, uh, that's not ideal. Less than ideal, <laughs> in fact, Martin. And from there, we get a, a cut back to Villanelle with kind of a sheepish grin on the couch, playing with her hair. And I'm like, Villanelle, you look lost in the sauce. Eve, what have you done? What did you do? And yep. this, I mean, I just, there were things happening in this trailer where it's like, y'all need to fill in the fucking blanks, bruh. You need to fill in the blanks. Because clearly things have gone on in this break, in this fucking time jump between Eve and Villanelle that is leading to the current dynamics that I don't fully understand. I just need you bitches to explain that shit. That's all. It's fine. If we are going towards Terrence's muse, if we are here, and it's every day, every day, y'all, it's looking more and more like that's exactly what the fuck it is. Like, they are really going to indicate to us that these hoes smashed. That they spent time together after the bridge, and we, we will hear about it through witty, witty retorts. Witty repartee. Witty repartee. But we don't get to see it. And that's fine. If! Like, we already said why it would be fine, under what circumstances it would be fine. I am okay with that if there are additional things in the series. Like I said, give me my two kisses. I said, not one, a dose, a dose. And my smash. Give me another smash. A reuniting smash. Well, you know, makeup sm reuniting smashing is, is that's that's where it is. So it's what? not, I said the the makeup smashes, that's always where it's Ooh, at. Actually, that's, um, facts. It's not like the first time. It's, What's it's, that song? It's, we make up <laughs> and break, break up. That's all. Oh, we, wake, we, we, have, no, we break up. <laughs> To make up. Right. That's all that we do. Mm -hmm. That's all we do. Dedicate that little jam to Villanelle <laughs> So after we see Villanelle playing with her hair, and we're like, okay, she is on something. 
here. Something is going on with her. We cut to fucking Eve Palastri jogging Mm -hmm. somewhere Mm -hmm. in what's probably London, looking good, looking fit, and running with what appears to be a determined attitude. I feel like she's thinking about murder. Or Villanelle. Or both. Oh, or, or, right. I was about At to say, or time. both. Right. She, she was thinking about how she took that half a L on the bus and was like, you know what? Maybe maybe I do need to improve <laughs> my... Maybe I do need oh, to fight? improve my hands. Right. Well, maybe I do need to improve my hand, hand skills just, just a little bit combat. so that I could, um, you know, a case person trying to kill me isn't also trying to sleep with me and... <laughs> But that is an option. And so after we see Eve running through the streets, looking determined, we hear another voiceover. And it's some man saying, you shot someone. It's faux Jafari. That's what I would call him. F-A-U-X faux Jafari. Because he's not Mo. He's fake. Before we know that it's that annoying alpha, we hear the voice before we know it's the alpha. And then we cut to Eve in a van with a man. The same man. The alpha man. And I assume the alpha man. Because what, what else? What else are we doing with this actor? We saw the deadline article. Mm-hmm. And once we can see Eve in this van with this man, she says, in the hand, lackadaisically, uninspired, which is indicating something else about Eve Palastri that I'm sure we'll get into more because it's like, okay, you, you, you shot somebody and you seem completely and totally unbothered. And there's reasons to potentially muse as to why you're unbothered. Are you unbothered because it's this man? Are you unbothered because you actually weren't emotionally connected to the kill? Are you unbothered because this is you, Dark Eve Rising? Are you unbothered because it's less connected kinetically to your body, which I think is the way you prefer to kill? Because that axe, that axe was pretty hands-on. Boom. Um, <laughs> the chest crushing, girl, you were pushing your little foot into Dasha's chest. There were dimensions and levels to the crush. And remember that smile she had? It was fucked up. And so I just think there are ways to kill that are more sanitized if we're going to use that word, than when you really are inveigled in the murder, when you have your physical hands around somebody's throat. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I would like to just think she is ultimately dead inside, like she is with her loins when it comes to this man. But you see I'm taking my pregnant pause because I'm... No, no, yeah. No, this is the part in the trailer where I, I have difficulty. I have difficulty. I do. Let's continue. He said, and how did it feel? And what did she say, Terrence? What did she say? She says, like you said it would feel. Why why does she need to... She uses the word exactly like you said it would feel, which put me into distress for a number of reasons. It's like, one, why are you having previous conversations about murder or violence with this man? Well, we know that's how you get your kicks, Eve Palastri. We know that's what gets you going, Eve, since you're at MI5. Why are we discussing violence and murder with a man? Number one. Number two, when did this discussion happen? When did this discussion happen? And why was there likely flirting? Why was there likely flirting? And sadly for me, I have to jump to this conclusion, guys, because of what happens directly after. What happens directly after, Terrence? She asks him if he wants to have sex. Ah! He says yes before she even finishes saying the word sex. So it was like, you want to have sex? The eagerness, I understand because it's Eve Palastri, but I still hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. It made me think of Patsy. It made me think of Hellcat. It made me think of what? From it, from Jessica Jones? Yes. Patsy, she when she got her rundown Brooklyn studio. Why are you call her Patsy? It's Trish. Uh, okay, when Trish got her rundown studio in Brooklyn and she had the personal trainer over there to work out. And then, then they slept together. And I didn't understand that, and he didn't understand it either, which is why he knew that after he slept with her that she wasn't going to use his services anymore. So the guy she was sparring with. Right. So I'm thinking that this person... First of all, I feel like at least it's more sensical for Trish and Hellcat because those queer vibes... 
the fans were like, look at that. When they were looking at the, the chemistry between Kristen Ritter and the actress, and they were like, mm-hmm. we like what's happening here, especially mm-hmm. because they were definitely ride or die. Mm-hmm. In that scene where mm-hmm. she stabs herself with the shit that's about to kill her to save her. Well, some people were saying Bay, other people saying Bestie. And she was like, worth it. That was cool. That was a fun scene. But sadly, Terrence, we don't even get to see Eve Palastri spar with a man to get her adrenaline going because we saw Trish That's beat true. the shit out of that dude. That no, was one yeah. of the great scenes that you're like, oh, she's a rich girl. She's seen privilege and like she needs to be one to do anything for her. But actually, she's super fucking capable and she could probably kill you with one hand tied behind her back. And she was like, look at me, a violent bitch. I'm horny. Let's go have sex. Why is See, I'm already, I'm becoming, the door is flying around. I am still that cow. And I I was in Idaho. Now I'm in Kansas. The winds are blowing. I'm trying to get it back together. It's just every time I think about Eve unbuckling her pants, like she was eager, Terrence. They, um, she unbuckled her pants. She unbuckled trail. her pants. And I said, I said, so foreplay isn't, is the foreplay this discussion of the shot, bitch? Is it because you never have foreplay in your fucking life until Villanelle? Is it because foreplay with Nico is running eggs? I'm trying to figure it out, Eve Palastri. How dare you unbuckle your pants? How dare you unbuckle your fucking pants? For two minutes in hell. I'm sorry. No, but sorry. I get I I get what you're saying. She and unbuckled. Yeah, that was that she was. unbuckled. And then there was a hard cut because you know Charles like the hard cut. It needed to hard cut and I think I probably watched about six times before I actually heard what happened immediately after that. Because each time we put on the trailer, I was screaming in the moment. And then I didn't hear anything that happened for 30 seconds after it. And so we started with Villanelle and Martin. Then we got to Eve and... Next is fake, Carolyn. Fake Jafari. Uh, and then, yes. Next you said faux is, Jafari. Yeah, faux Jafari. Faux Jafari. And then next we get Carolyn. It starts with an overhead shot. And then she spits with intent well there were some things to be said because initially we said it looked like it was potentially on a roof where kenny was killed pushed fell whatever felled in general his life was gone forfeit thanks to constantin on the roof but then there was another shot but with the way killing eve is doing the jump cuts with the edits it's possible that those are actually two locations same outfit or maybe it's not the roof because the camera does spin around and doesn't look like it's where the bitter pill was but it does look like the roof of the bitter pill when she's initially looking out so i have no way to be sure because I said that to you I was like doesn't that look like the the roof like she's revisiting the scene of the crime but then from another angle it doesn't look like it's even the same city so I don't I'm not sure yeah I'm watching the like well they pick their locations either really well because a lot of the gravel and granite the colors are they're evenly toned through the way it moves so it could all just be the one place with just different It could angles. be. Well, TBD, essentially, when the show fucking finally releases. And as voiceovers are going throughout this trailer, the voiceover that is happening over these Carolyn parts is from Carolyn herself. And she's saying somebody has been killing members of the 12. Oh, really? Really? Interesting. Why do you know and why do you care, Carolyn? Number one. Questions. Then why answers. do you know and why do you care? Yes. Yeah, so then we cut to unknown woman assassin played by Anjana Bassan, who we covered her joining the show as one of the likely assassins in the opening preseason snack that we just put out. So this is obviously her. She looks like she is behaving badly and enjoying herself. And mm-hmm, you know what? Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. mad at it. I'm not. Because it looked like she was killing men. Mm-hmm, and so whatever mm-hmm. she's doing, if she's the one working at 12, first of all, girl, where did energy come from? How did they fuck right. with you? Right. What'd they do to you right. to piss off another woman who clearly has the skills to pay the bills because somebody, according to Carolyn, is working at 12 and being successful at it. And it would seem that it 
is not Villanelle and Eve. Because if it were either of them, why is Carolyn coming to Eve, as we will discover later in the trailer? But it looks like that scene, too, potentially with Vasan probably happens in the first episode. But I think it's like what we were saying, like they're world building and we're probably going to get a flashback or sideways flash, whatever, of what she's doing and how it's somehow related to what's going on with the 12. Are you going to say that she is working for the 12 or is she killing the 12? Like, we just have to make a guess. What is she doing? Working, killing, working, killing. Is she working for the 12? Is she killing the 12? Sir. Uh, I think that she's being scouted. I think that she's got skills, not a lot of skills, because she's she should be the newer. She's the assassin and, and trained. Wait, why she got it? But that doesn't right? mean she doesn't have skills. That just means training just means acting in accordance with what the body you are now working for prefers. So I don't know that that means she doesn't have any skills because you don't necessarily have to teach a bitch new tricks to kill. Like if you're on that killer job, you could just add new things to your arsenal. But if she's someone who's on the spectrum for what they seem to like, kill without problems. Kill without asking too many questions. Just honestly, take the postcard, go over there, and let us know when it's done. Because that's when Villanelle was on her best, when she took the postcard, right. had nothing to right. say, and right. just went and did the shit. So if she is completely unbothered by morality, and she's just like, yo, give me my check, give me my bag, and let me do what I want. Let me have fun. Let me get out my feelings on these murders. And that's fine. That's all I'm asking for. So you say she's being scouted. That doesn't answer the question. So she neither works for the 12 nor is killing the 12. So how is she being scouted? What is she doing? And why is she getting the 12's attention if that is what you're saying she's up to? Who's she working for? The 13? I mean, I want to say that she's being scouted, especially by someone who seems to be missing a Rianne. She needs a replacement Rianne. So I would think. And what does scouting involved? Because you said it. Now you have to make it make sense. What does that mean for killing Eve? Actually, that is a good question. <laughs> because usually, Someone's gotta be usually assassins out just the sort of show up, right? So Do they had or this... are they found? Because that is incorrect. If we look at Felix, rest in peace, homie. Right. He was found by, by the, the 12 how I don't after, understand. Killing, after killing his family. And Villanelle was found by the 12 in jail. And so I'm like... How are you scouting? Like, who is scouting so a bitch? Then, then let's say it? she was found after she killed her brother. You're now suggesting that the show was going to bother to show us a scene somewhere, either in real time or a flashback, of her killing her brother just so we could see someone scouting her after the fact. And who was that somebody? Right, it's not Anton. Anton's dead. Hopefully, Ben, I'd be constant trying to get into good graces back with the 12 because you don't need to be but seen you gotta make anywhere. Your guess. You're on an island alone with this muse because this muse is so absurd to me, but I'm looking to get all your facts out. Goes to talk to her. After she kills her brother. I mean, if Helene is the highest that we've seen so far in the 12, then what business she got scouting? Unless she's the one to be like... This is your muse. <laughs> so there has to be someone in between that will get recognized, but is not a player as far as being like a full-time cast member. Someone who's going to be in and out. Yet, that's what you said. Yeah, someone who's going to be in and out. So you're saying it's a person that was cast, but not important enough to put in the press release? Right. Wow. All right, guys, you heard it here first. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know if it'll work out to be true. I think until we get a second trailer to give me one way or the other what this woman's doing, I'm going to say she's killing the 12. It's like what I said before when I said to you, why do we know this much about someone unless they are making some sort of reappearance more than once that connects to the plot? 
And so it is more fun for me at this time to assume that this assassin has beef with the 12, played by Vassan. And so with those maniacal laughs we saw and different things going on, that she's fucking them up. Maybe she used to work for them. Maybe she has some other connection, but she has since flipped and said, fuck all y'all, and I'm going to take you down one by one. Because when we look at how the 12 operates, I'm sure they got plenty of enemies, plenty of people who are like, if I could, I would. <laughs> and that was legitimately Villanelle when we first came in. She was still trying to get information, crumbs from Constantine to be like, I kind of want to know who's behind me just because... I'd like to know. And we ended season three with Villanelle still trying to understand who was at the top of the 12 and getting frustrated with Dasha to be like, yo, you've had me on this leash for so long and I still don't know who's running the 12 just to be like, well, I don't know either. And so that is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Vassan, this assassin she's playing, that she is an antagonist for the 12 and problematic for the lady in red, as well as potentially Eve, Villanelle, Carolyn, everybody. Because... Mm. If they're trying to make comparisons to Villanelle and somehow say she's more fucked up, Villanelle at least cared about her handler, which potentially suggests that this bitch doesn't care about a damn thing. Like, <laughs> not a handler, not a whatever, not a girlfriend. She is just living life on the edge. So then after that cut, it cuts back to Eve in her jogging outfit with Carolyn as she's handing over, looks like a small accordion-type folder. <laughs> Heroin? No, she's back on her heroin shit. It's exactly <laughs> right. what she did in right. series it's, three, it's where she's photos. like, let me just slide this right. over. He was like, I'm not into it. She's like, but if you just want to. <laughs> Here's what you're into. And so are we thinking that Carolyn interrupted her jog or just know where Eve is jogging and just was waiting for her at like the, the end of her route? I could see Carolyn sort of, yes, just waiting sitting exactly how we see her in this moment in the trailer. Yeah, I feel like it's a twofer. It's car. a twofer. Like, she wasn't waiting till the jog was all the way done, but she was on the route. She was like, I'll let you get a little half a mile in. You know, just get your heart rate up. Just right, right. <laughs> hit you right. with the drugs. Hey, girl. Mm-hmm. And so she, yeah, she hands it over. She's like, I need you to continue with the investigation. We were confused. I was confused. I'm, because it's like, I'm still I, confused. Because continue we went with from the investigation. cold turkey hey. to what? continue with the investigation. I never stopped. I thought it was closed. Right. First you, of all, right. <laughs> Eve definitely confirms that she never stopped later in the trailer. But also, Carolyn, huh? Like, that's something. Like, what, girl, what? You know, I don't think Eve should just let the papers fly. But the way I would have threw that Manila back in Carolyn's face. No, yeah. Like, not you with another folder, bitch. You got some damn nerve. Where's the suitcase what of money? What happened to cold turkey? No, right, where's right. the suitcase of money? Like, oh, that you, too. how are you not coming to me with extra shit? Like, if you don't have my postcards from Villanelle that I don't know that you have, if you don't have my love letters or the bug sex, how are you just coming here with a Manila of Lady Killers again to be like, hey, girl. She's like, you know what? I'll give you back uh, the bug recording from when you were in, uh, when you're in Rome. Lord, she needs to give up that recording. Are you gonna listen all night? <laughs> <laughs> and of oh course, here's God. Eve uh, shading Carolyn while her heart rate's up, saying, "Look, you, you still playing the same old game." of chess well to be noted also is that by the time we get to that voiceover of eve we are actually cut to a different team of carolyn presumably at home and there appears to be a dead rat on one of her little shelves next to her faberge egg or whatever's going on over there and i'm like oh not a deceased rat carolyn maltins what's going on here yeah what's someone trying to say right What, what are they trying to say that you killed a rat which is paul or that you are the rat that's about to die now that's carolyn good that's it's one good. of those. It's one of those, I think. And of course, Carolyn's response to the same old game of chess 
Bitch, what about you? No. <laughs> so what game are you playing? And she's I like, said, so she said, so if I'm playing my same old shit of chess, girl, what you doing? If I'm still on my same Carolyn Martin's bullshit, what the fuck are you doing, Eve? You look all showered. Eve was like and... pregnant pause. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about me and right. my problems. Right. We're that, talking about you, Carolyn. That's, that's very Eve. This this isn't this about isn't me. about me. This isn't about me right now. And then of course, from there we cut to Eve in her trash apartment. I'm like, did you clean? It looks lighter in there. Mm. And she opens some sort of curtain or door to a hidden area where she's clearly been using her misandry galaxy brain to try and figure out what the fuck is happening with the 12. Because we see a chart. A chart is revealed on the wall. It's like some altar to misandry and vengeance and the 12 and Villanelle. And there's a lot to take in. I'm sure a lot of you paused on that scene because we did. And things were discovered. Terrence, would you say? Would you say that there was discoveries to be had? Like! The note. There is a note that looks like the note that Nadia, may she rest the fuck in peace, tried to get out the door before she was marked by Villanelle that Carolyn was in possession of. And from what I recall, Terence, she said to Eve that Beale's name was on the paper. Am I remembering that correctly? Because I that feel is, like I'm remembering that correctly. That is what she said. That's what she said. But on Eve's wall, she had the paper and the paper said Rianne. And I don't know if it's the same Rianne that had no fucking skills. That Villanelle threw into the tracks, but what other Rianne could it be? Yeah, we only know one what other Rianne. Rianne. What other Rianne? We only what know other one. What other Rianne? Now, I have left some things down on the paper, but it is a curious thing because it's like, well, Carolyn, lie, lie, pants on fire. What can we believe that you say, Miss Maltons? Because even when it looks like you're given the truth, you are not given the truth. You are still compartmentalizing what you feel like other people deserve to know to get your result, which of course makes Eve right that you still on your same chest bullshit. But what's probably disappointing for Eve is that Carolyn is so fucking smart. She winning! <laughs> Why is she always saying checkmate to you, Eve? Damn. And of course, there's not only this note, there's a photo of Dasha, photo of Constantine, a photo of Villanelle. Okay, but it's that same old photo that, for how much Eve cared when she had a photo of hers taken, she's like, oh my God, not that one. Like, <laughs> why does oh, she still right? have Villanelle and the bandana from jail? Eve, I know you have some other photos in your brain. Take me to the, the hole. Eve, where are the selfies from Forest of Dean? Eve, where are those photos? Wow. Surely that wow. there was surely there was a better photo for you to choose from. <laughs> and then over there is a uh, you know bowl on the couch, you know the bowl between the eyes. So right, because she's got everything mapped out. She's like, we got assassins, we got handlers, we got moles, we got a world chart, a country chart of where things have been. And so clearly, Eve has been obsessing on her own, even though everybody was like, "Girl, chill." She has continued that same energy that at least seems in line from the end of series three, which was no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Now, and on a side note, is Eve taking this case? And by that, I mean taking Carolyn's heroin because she wants to protect Villanelle. I mean, if the 12 was getting murked and one of the articles wants to suggest that Villanelle still has a job, that she still has an employer. Again, it makes no sense to me. But might that be a motivation for Eve? Like she's back on her shit with Martin where Martin's like she could take care of herself. And Eve was like, no, she can't. She needs me. She needs me and she needs the O's I can give her. I feel like that's something that would motivate Eve reluctantly. Like she might not be happy that she cares if Villanelle lives or dies, but she absolutely cares if Villanelle lives or dies. Yeah. And I could see it weighing heavier on her if they do that weird flash forward relationship thing which we still don't know if it for sure is happening but it does read like it we don't know anything for sure except that 
faux Jafari needs to die. Immediately. We know that for sure, but that's about it. Immediately. Yeah, so after the scene with Carolyn, we get our first joint scene of the trailer with even Villanelle. Okay, so here we are. We got Villanelle pulling up, and she seems to be in the white outfit that we see her in in the promotional photos above the Christian cauldron of baptism waters that we have now learned. That's what that is. And so, presumably, whatever day she's at the church wearing white, that same day, she goes to see Eve either in the day, earlier in the day, late in the day. It's hard to tell. Is it weird that I'm thinking that Eve is at the church? Yes, I do. I think it's weird. What, do you have evidence? I don't. But I'm like, I mean, do you have a frame? But you're like, is that Eve's Eve? curl in the corner of the frame? No. But you don't even have that. No, you just I'm thinking that this place with this fish is probably also... In the church. In the, in, in the church. What? I mean, I guess churches can have whatever, but I just didn't... I feel like aquariums in the Catholic Church are odd. Where do they do that at? I mean, I haven't seen one either. Where do they do that? Well, something to note while we are talking about this scene. The first shot is a Villanelle looking into the aquarium. And then we see Eve noticing her looking at her through the aquarium. And she looks surprised. It looks like authentic. Oh, you're here? The fuck? And the following shot is what I would refer to as, and perhaps it's just me, a Kubrick in symmetry shot and that's just because he's one of the best directors when it comes to shooting symmetrical frames and then potentially having meaning behind what's happening in the frame from the color to where the protagonists are positioned and so on and so forth so if one tries to take those considerations with even Villanelle there are things to note like there's a lot of contrast happening like reverse symmetry in a certain sense because in that shot Eve is on the left and Villanelle is on the right Eve is wearing a dark colored shirt on her side of the frame, whereas Villanelle is wearing a white dress. And we know what colors can indicate in color theory and, you know, the darker colors, more drama, more sinister, more decadence in a certain way. Where lighter colors, especially white, is known for what? Purity, innocence, yes. Sometimes being death. naive. Right. Well, I mean, what is this? An Emily Dickinson side <laughs> well, junk? I just I don't know. Well, the death of the old, which is basically the rebirth of the new. I mean, that seems to fly in the face though of what is said between them later, which is, oh, you haven't changed. It's like, well, you haven't changed either, because if you did, this won't be happening. So rebirth and death of what? Would then be my further questioning because the trailer seems to indicate that bitches is having a problem moving on. And so rebirthing or the end to what would you suggest if that is your muse? What about color theory? I'm I'm not a I'm not no, but you the color it. theory guy. I was talking about white as in the color white. No, no, but that's what I mean. So I was just trying to see where you were getting at with Villanelle because you said or death. And so I was asking about the process of thought and why you said death for Villanelle versus the other things that white usually indicates, especially when you're in the Catholic Church. Well, at least death to the old something. Like most people, when they take the whatever the sacrament is, when they rise up, they, they are no longer who they once was. Okay, I'm not sure if I know where you're going with that, but I will take it. Well, to continue with the visual symmetry that's happening in the scene, I noted that Eve was in a dark colored piece of clothing, Villanelle's in a white piece of clothing. But then when you look at the juxtaposition of the tank on Eve's side, the plant life on her side is very vibrant and colorful, where the plant life on Villanelle's side looks dead. And that's not Mm. to say the plant is dead, because there are things that can exist within the ocean that look to be dead, but they're actually doing something functional. It just looks lifeless. And so, considering how productions work, and that people have whole-ass jobs just thinking about a certain section of a show, I'm going to assume for now that there are visual parallels, character parallels they're trying to create in that moment, because while 
though Villanelle is still, and this goes back to my supposition of her being in white and what's happening with her in the church, that even though she's in this superficially visual frock that says this, the inside of Villanelle is lifeless and dead. Like that plant that's looking whatever. Whereas Eve, who is still on her bullshit and doing all kinds of stuff, hopping on knobs, has secret charts about the 12, she is still very much alive, like the plants on her side. Now that could be bullshit. That could be like the ink drops. That could be like what was said about the ink drops for series three. But I also feel like visually somebody cared, the cinematographer cared. And it was like, let's let's try to make these juxtapositions within this quick second with colors. And that's what I got from that is that Villanelle and Eve were contrasting in every way possible. From the type of clothes they were wearing to the colors of the clothes to the juxtaposition of the plants on the side of the aquarium that they were on. That's a great find, actually. And it's a great photo if you can get the still where you can see the plant life and, and the, the song outfits. lyrics. The song lyrics at that particular moment are the, I've hungered for your touch. Right. They know what they're the doing. They know. They said what ghost. <laughs> right. No. They took the most memorable line from that song from Ghost and they said right here. Hungering for your touch. And then literally right after that song lyric, we cut to Eve. And she looks like she has that face of longing. It looks mm -hmm. like the face from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. From the Forest of Dean episode. It looks like the face she had when Villanelle was confessing in series one. And so I'm like, that looks like longing to me. And then we cut to Villanelle, who looks like she too is having a moment of longing. And I'm like, what y'all bitches up to? What's about to go down? <laughs> How many of you guys watching felt the connection to Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet? But it felt like that's exactly what the fuck was happening. So yeah, so mm, you the were right. Song, the song by Desiree, Missing You. That happens in Romeo and Juliet and the romance vibes are there. You know what I'm saying? Like the lyrics are hitting at that moment. And the lyrics are evocative of a romantic moment, a sensual moment happening in the song, and then you're experiencing it on screen. And so that's how we start, y'all. We are about a fish tank, and that is what immediately came to my mind because I couldn't help myself. Was it the same for you, or were you just like, it's a fish tank? No, when you said it, it like it unlocked the memory is what it did. And I was like, <gasps> yes. Yes. So, you know, good, good on whomever. If, if this was the reference, I can't wait to hear what is being played when it happens. Right. On, right. In real time. Are we doing some unloved? Is it right? I'm, it's only appropriate. Mm, like we mm. like that's well. Yeah. TBD. We'll find out. So I don't know if Laura, the director, whoever was working on this on this episode in which this appears, were channeling that. But I also feel like you can't separate it. Because if you are of a certain age, then you absolutely saw Boz Lerman, Romeo and Juliet. And you absolutely remember the tank scene because it's something that you remember. Apart from the immaculate tunes of Miss Desiree, it's just one of the stronger scenes in the film. Those lyrics by Desiree. What's that line she says when she hits the really deep note where it's like, my soul cried? Like, isn't that an actual line and lyric from the song? I feel like that is. The full lyric, according to Google, is pride can stand a thousand trials. The strong will never fail. But watching stars without you, my soul cried. Heaving heart is full of pain. Oh, oh, the aching. And you know, <laughs> there may have been some hints of some aching and some of the glances in through in between the fish tank. She also sings, touch me deep, pure and true. Gift to me forever. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yes, intense. 
Well, the story of Romeo and Juliet is pretty intense. And I feel like a lot of people would say entirely outrageous and mostly nonsensical because it's very much on that patriarchal Disney bullshit of, we'll marry in the morning, like enchanted. Like you just meet a guy, Avril Lavigne style. He was a boy, she was a girl. Must anything else be said? But the way this scene is shot, there's obviously romance and intrigue and you can feel the immediate attraction, the youthful lust yeah. that they try to communicate. And as I pulled up the scene and rewatched it to reminisce after we saw the aquarium scene in the trailer, I'm like, there's actually a lot of, like the whole thing is parallel. And so the more I thought about it, I'm like, it has to be a callback by Lauda or the director of the episode or perhaps a collaboration of both. And if I had to guess somebody, I'm gonna just throw Damon Thomas out there because mm -hmm. he's been the most visually intriguing and consistent director that we've had throughout the entire series. But if you look at the juxtaposition, just like in the movie, Eve is on the left side of the tank like yes. Leo is as Romeo and Villanelle's on the right like Claire. And mm. she's also juxtaposed aesthetically in the same way because Claire Danes Juliet is in a white outfit. She's got wings. Yeah. And it gives off very angelic vibes. It does. When you're thinking about it. And so I don't know how deeply they went into it, but it just seems all of the levels of what's happening in the 90s version of Romeo and Juliet is actually happening here. And if you would ask me in series one, would Eve be the one with the Romeo juxtaposition? I definitely would have said no. But it totally makes sense for right now and for where the characters actually are. That if in a broad sense you talk about Romeo and Juliet and him bringing adventure, unpredictableness. I was about to say chaos. Uh, <laughs> right, chaos, actually. But that's like Eve Palastri. Like she is is at least for right now and you know you could argue from the beginning of the show that she was always the chaos integer she thought it was Villanelle but it actually mm. was her because she fucking can't help herself in the same way and I think it's interesting that when you go back to the different scenes where we've had like these symmetrical juxtapositions the bathroom in season one wear it down the ruins in series two mm -hmm. and the bridge in series three that almost every single time that's happened Eve has been in the darker colors and so I don't know what other broader conversations might have happened or still happen when it comes to Eve Palastri's color palette as a character and who dresses her and what they're thinking of. But it's just something to note that fairly consistently in all of these frames where we're going to find an Eve and Villanelle opposite each other. And we are not only looking at the polar opposites and similarities that they have, but visually it's presented in the same way. Mm. Eve is always in the darker colors. I just... That's it's, it's something to notice. It's something to note. And it's, I it's don't know done if it on means purpose. Anything. So it has to be on purpose. Right. With people intent. choose things. Right. They choose things for people to wear. As I thought that was interesting because Romeo is totes in the dark color mm -hmm. and on the same side of the fish tank. So perhaps there are parallels to be drawn. This could just be me. Oh, my Candace Palastri bullshit. But this is the kind of stuff I get caught up in. So y'all already know. <laughs> Especially because I really, I really do enjoy Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. And I am tickled that someone is paying homage because I really can't think of too many instances where someone has tried. And frankly, it's a hard movie. I was going to say. To. It's uh, artistically beautiful. You would need the range unique. to be right. able to you pay homage. You need the range. Exactly. You need that fucking range. And dare I say, people involved with the production of Killing Eve do have the range because they have shown us the fucking range. And once I said it to you, you were like, hell yeah, that totally makes sense for the parallel to Romeo and Juliet. Do you think that we'll get another like symmetrical shot in the finale? The, the finale of all finales? Oh my God. Don't we have to? 
like kind of don't we have to like if we're gonna keep it going if we are going to keep it going this is something that we've seen in every single series absent of whoever's show running directing whatever and so we have to right we have to and I guess the question then becomes what's the juxtaposition are the colors going to be polar opposites again or will it be something new in the sense that visually or rather aesthetically it's giving something else it's not giving contrast perhaps it's giving same do you see what I'm saying because if even Villanelle come to a resolution then theoretically the way they're presenting on screen as characters might also reflect that resolution and so if, if it's something they thought about in previous series where Villanelle and Eve are still at odds even though one or the other might think they're on the same page if we get to the final episode and they have finally reached the same page whatever's happening there whatever resolution perhaps the color palette looks entirely different within the symmetrical framing that they'll likely do but I would put money on the framing at least at least I don't know about the colors but the framing for sure wow I had a thought and I just had to cast it into the fires of Tartarus what kind of the thought was that the weight of the symmetrical shot at the finale of all finale solely depends on whether or not the writers and thespians agree that we are getting the ending that we deserve. Now, whether that means that is an ending where that is an oh absolute resolute, right. where we are riding high, or are we low? Uh, are we low? Are, are, we low? Uh, are we crashing and burning? Are we a Villanelle? Or an Eve versus a villain Eve at this finale. So I don't want that. <sighs> right, right. But the the thought flashed, it. and then I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just stomp that it. out because I see why you threw the Tartarus now. I hmm. don't. Yeah, like that episode of Xena when Kalisto and Old Girl went into oh the my volcano. God. <laughs> the <laughs> next time like we that. meet, I'll be a god. <laughs> And then those petty hoes, those petty hoes fought all the way down in the lava. Oh my God. You know what? I just, I feel like if I was on some petty evil shit, I too would be like Kalisto. Like you're casting me down to the fires of hell, but I will fight your ass That's the right. entire way I'm getting down. the last hit. Right, right, right. So after we cut to Eve and then Villanelle with faces of longing, then y'all, and this is, this was one of those bright moments that it like, I couldn't fully comprehend and ingest it in the moment that it happened but after I marinated and mused and realized what Lauda had done for me I said I see bitch I hope you saw the hashtag cause I sure enough <laughs> along with Terrence have been promoting the propaganda of Villanelle on her knees for Eve 2022 as soon as we knew Killing Eve wasn't coming back in 2021 we updated the hashtag to 2022 Villanelle on her knees and y'all it's happened it's happening the shirts are going up <laughs> Gastrodomus <laughs> is here and it's me because mm -hmm. it happens and see I'm, i need to calm the fuck down because i realized upon my like eighth rewatch of that trailer that they fucking around because the way they cut that scene and edit it with even villanelle shit is happening out of order and so i'm like what is the order of what happens because there's the longing looks and what sends villanelle to her knees because even though eve says later oh what are you doing and she looks like she's referring to villanelle on her knees no bitch when you look at villanelle's face it's like her eye line like it's not it's not looking like where she's bent down so stuff has happened right. things have happened things right. have been set blanks need to be filled for me but i am excited y'all not gonna lie i'm excited i'm not gonna lie bitches on her knees and i said what the fuck what conversation what happened after the bridge what went down that for whatever reason villanelle chooses to go to her knees to attempt to show eve something and why is eve so fucking salty what <laughs> the fuck happened because that pissed me off as you know i said why is eve so salty why is she talking to villanelle like this what's going on it was leftovers from eve asking a man for sex that had me in a not go way that i'm like now you being rude to villanelle and i wanted to fight eve y'all i'm not gonna lie i was trying to jump to the television like reverse
reverse video drone and beat the shit out of people actually because girl this is not what we do but now i'm convinced that something has gone on something happened in the interim some discussion was had to lead to this kind of energy yes. that we see in this scene because again fill in the blanks we saw y'all at the bridge oh we're looking at each other out oh, let's both walk away whatever so are we saying we didn't walk away are we saying that we did go to the hotel in the boudoir did something go down who didn't get an o did villanelle get her o and leave did she not give an o what happened to make eve so upset i just i need falauda to explain give me peak gay drama peak gay mess and i will love it we hear eve ask the question what are you doing and this is when the chopping up happens yeah but we're gonna give you the lines as the trailer has given them right to us so after what are you doing? Villanelle's like trying to show you I've changed. <laughs> I'm like, girl, changed what? What if we changed? And then Eve says, if you truly changed, you wouldn't have come here. Yeah, she bends down. And so the, the cut is the cut is weird, but in that shot, she does bend down to get to Villanelle's level. And she's like, yo, you're a lying ass hoe. Because if you change, if you change, you wouldn't have come here. But then I love Villanelle's energy because there's a bunch of points in the trailer where I'm like, we're, we're getting serious to be Villanelle. She still looks very much unsure of herself. She looks lost. She looks not as aggressive or steadfast in like her ideas or her beliefs or what she's saying, except for in this moment. Like this moment was one of the first times I got like old Villanelle because she answers Eve with the snark of like, oh, oh no, bitch. I may be down bad in the gutter, but bitch, you, you still in the gutter too because yeah. if you had changed, you wouldn't have fucking let me. Isn't that the phrase? She said, you wouldn't have let me. And as a plausible alternative, she could have said, also, you wouldn't have led me. L-E-D. Mm-hmm. Whether it's let or led, wouldn't you say that indicates some pretty intense things about Villanelle and her state of mind? Well, I love led because if Eve is the constant, if Eve is the scorpion, if Eve is... The source of all the chaos in Villanelle's world, as we know it to be. Then, of course, she's absolutely the source. Right. right. So, then, of course, Villanelle's going to follow Eve's lead. Of course, she's going to do that. It doesn't even matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Whether it's let, because I'm like, there goes Villanelle with her absolute consent thing that she does with Eve, Mm -hmm. which I love. And it's also very, very queer. But then if it's led, it's like, not you following. Right. Not you following the leader. Not this this dynamic of who is. Oh, God. And really, for lack of a better term, alpha. Like, who is the leader in this? Because that was absolutely Villanelle in a certain sense. Right. But now she's Claire Dates. Now she's she's Claire Dates. Right, she's Claire Dade. She's she's waiting on the other side of the fucking aquarium. Right, like, right. Love me, choose me, <laughs> want me. Right. God, you know what? Honestly, I feel like this is an appropriate time to bring out one of my favorite quotes from the queer ether of things that have been said, done, written down by the queers to other queers because, you know, there was there was, there was some letters written across years, lots mm. of years, between two women known as Virginia Woolf and Vita Sackville West. And there were words, gay words, written down in those letters and a lot of them were very melodious to the ear to think about, wow, wow, wow. The way the gays express themselves, always super impressive. And there is the joy of gay prose. <laughs> Truly the joy of gay prose. And if you don't have a gay code breaker, a gay interpreter, a gay... There's so much that's going to be lost in translation. Okay. <laughs> Once you take the gay away, you queer are co- decimating history. Right. No, you are decimating history. But look at how many hats have already fucked history the fuck up. Which is why the question remains, why pals? are the hats allowed to still be... Write history? Be historians? And, right. What is that 
about. Uh, um, if anything, mm-hmm. these should be cause for, I don't know, people being dethroned. Thank you for your service. Um, Get the fuck here's out. Here's some lovely flowers. Here's a watch. Here's what we don't need. Right. Another man's opinion on Emily Dickinson. And then cast them away. Here's what we don't need. Another dude writing about a queer woman. Keep it to yourself. Keep your opinions to yourself. If you are a non-man, sure. Write about Emily Dickinson. I'm ready to hear your words. But if you are not, fucking get the fuck out of here. And that's where I'm at historically with a lot of these things, especially when it comes to reevaluating stuff that in academia people are still saying, is it queer? Is it though? Or is it just romance language? And I'm like, at what point is romance just romance? Like, is everything about the romance language? Like, there was a time where people were using other words that we don't use as readily now, but I feel like romance is romance is romance is romance. And that's been something that I've maintained since I was in fucking high school arguing with teachers who were like, this is straight. And I'm like, I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. Like, this is obvious courtship like you don't do you have gal pals that you write to like this right right, (laughs) oh and so back to my quote this quote is from a letter that vita wrote to virginia and in the letter oh maybe i don't know if this was one of those letters that jody was doing with that other actress oh that one pride Pride, yeah i can't remember but it's possible because i feel like it's Yes, they definitely go over these letters in the film. So maybe one of the more popular ones. But it's a long letter. And in it, Vita is ultimately very self-deprecating about like her own talents and skills for writing. But she says something in there that is so simple and so basic, but also so beautiful. And honestly, this is where I'm at with Villanelle by the fucking fish tank. When she comes to see Eve after whatever mass session that she had with the lady or with the priest or whatever's going on. And the line is, I am reduced to a thing that wants Virginia. Full stop. Wow. Send telegram. She did not send a telegram after that. She wrote other things. And from her perspective, she feels like it's an understated thing. It is too plain. It is too basic. And someone like you who often expresses yourself in a way that is so impressive to me. I mean, it's fucking Virginia Woolf that surely, surely you'd find another way to say this. But that's always been a phrase that since I first read it, I'm like, that's straight to the point. Mm -hmm. And we get it. It hits. It hits. It does. It speaks a lot towards what a person can live without. Once you use the term reduce, you have you've done your scientific methods. You <laughs> you have right. You've you've tried on other sizes. They just weren't the right fit. This is your fit. So I yeah, that's that is determination. That is resolute is what that is. That is, it is resolute. That is not of the lukewarm waters. That is I am on fire. Right. Fire with desire. <laughs> it rhymes. And alternatively, I can also bring in a, a line because ultimately, I guess what I'm getting at here, why these quotes occur to me is just the longing, the desperate longing that appears to be happening at the aquarium. And this is from Virginia in a letter that she is writing to Vita. Okay. She says to her in a letter, I'm settling down to wanting you doggedly, dismally, faithfully. I hope that pleases you. It's damned unpleasant for me, I can assure you. And is that not what potentially is happening with one of these hoes, both of these hoes at the same fucking time? That is a come through text if I've ever heard one, but this is a parchment. And I'm sure. The word usage, doggedly. Yes. Dismally. Yes. Faithfully. Because it's. Damn. It's. I said, God damn. That's almost like I wish you were here right now so I could alleviate my buildup. But you're not here. The longing is always unpleasant. Like, it can feel pleasant in the moment, but it's mostly unpleasant because it's agony. It's pain. It's a squeal. It's a scream. Internally. Or perhaps externally, if you're villain out. You know? The mistress is having night terrors. (laughs) No! Not you with the pen, man. You said externally. That's that's where my mind went. So it was like No, it makes sense. It makes sense. And you know what's fucked up about the handmaiden? 
You know that song from the Hairspray musical? Is it I Can Hear the I Bells? I Can Hear the Bells, yes, right. yes. Right. So now every fucking time, it just whatever, it pops into my head. I can't help it. It's always about the bells. Fucking accoutrement props. Hey. Mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. Some people like to to involve a prop or seven, and I'm not mad at it. So anyway, I won't continue to wax poetic about Virginia. Ovita and their very, very gay letters and what was happening there. You already know. I'm a fan, been a fan. But it just, it popped into my mind as I was considering the many things that Killing Eve has given me to consider with this damn trailer. Well, you know, it's important to make sure that we leave no stone unturned with this jigsaw of a clip show that we received that they, it's airborne, with that they, uh, right, contaminated the blogosphere with so it's up to you know people like us who are diligent enough to try to disassemble what we got and to try to line up the pieces in some sort of sequence to make it make to make it plain pick up the pieces right right and i would just like to say just like last episode my (laughs) villanelle as a bottom for eve in the quarter one of their relationship it is not only is it had its most evidence ever, it has received more, more in this trailer because not only did Villanelle drop to her knees, she was completely deferring to Eve. And is that not what I said? Is yep. that not that is what, what I you said? said? That's what is you that what said. It's <laughs> a happy tears, you guys. These are happy tears because what is that? What is that shit? The the young kids say. What is it? Simp. What is it they use? Oh, what is that, that is a word. That is. I feel word. like that's a word I don't like, it's, but it's, I feel like people like use it. The chivalrous jokes, thing. Yeah. Jokes, right. right. Okay. Like I'm a simp for you. Like I right. I'm a like I'm a slave for you. So essentially. I'm a right. Slave. I like slave, but oh, not yeah. really because of like the historical no, no. indications, right. but really because of the Britney. Right. Right. Ramifications. Because every time I hear it, I flash back to all those times in the club. I can with my queer entourage. Right. And you know, you're I doing the dance. Right. 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 Because you have to do it. If you were in the time of watching Britney Spears videos and then learning the choreography, you can't separate hearing the song in the future and then also doing the choreography. No, actually, no. Because as you hear the words, your body, it's like your body already takes, it has a mind of its own. It already knows what to do, where to go. It's the hip. Boom cap. Right, right. It, it just does it. It does it. It's what your body does. Exactly. But I love what you um parsed from these words. That she's on her bottom behavior, but here her energy was sure of herself. She was like, no, I still know you very well. Even though I may not know me very well because I'm just like floating around trying to figure out what's happening. She still feels like she knows Eve, what Eve wants, what Eve doesn't want, and when she full of shit. And so I will take that. I will. I will take it. 